Welcome, art lovers, to the SCHS Visual Art Podcast, where we are equipping creative minds to be artists of many styles and disciplines. We feature guest artist talks and other fun things to guide, inspire, and inform the work you make or want to make. I'm Tucker Webb, but a lot of you listening probably know me as Mr. Webb. Let's check it out. Hello, and welcome to the 12th episode of the SCHS Visual Art Podcast. Very exciting guest today. We have Julia Rothman chatting with us. Julia is an illustrator and surface designer living in Brooklyn, New York. Her illustrations generally feature ordinary people or things drawn and painted with unique and bright colors and prominent line work. I think she does an amazing job at capturing an authenticity in her subjects. Her work is often found in the New York Times, and she has several books of her own. Make sure you check out her work before or while listening. You can check her out on Instagram at Julia Rothman. That's at J-U-L-I-A-R-O-T-H-M-A-N or online at JuliaRothman.com. This was recorded live with one of our advanced art classes, so you'll hear some students chiming in with questions from time to time. Now, let's get to our chat with Julia Rothman. Thanks for having me. What are you guys working on right now? Collage? Well, uh, these guys in the front are, are washing. Oh, cool. While we chat, yeah. Um, but most, most of us are not working on anything. Um, just kind of chatting. Great. What are you working on? Uh, nothing at this moment in time. I was busy painting yesterday, a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, or I do a, a column in the New York Times, like an illustrated column. It's like almost like a comic and it's like very fast paced. So it's like I paint it and then, then I'm done. And then the next day I have to write all the text and then the next day it comes out in the paper. So that I mean, happened. Like a sprint. Yeah. It's always very quick deadlines. And uh, so I was doing that. I can show it to you. I have it here somewhere. Uh, I can't show you the. Let me see if I have. These are some other things I'm painting. Personal um, things or things for a client or a little bit of both. This is for the New York, a different New York Times thing that's coming out. That's for Valentine's Day. I wonder where the hearts are. Hold on. Oh. This is what's coming out on Sunday. It's about those sweetheart candies. Yeah. This is painted in gouache too. It's but I use something called acrylic gouache. So it's um it looks like this. Oh, they're Japanese. So this but is it's not gouache with a little bit of acrylic in it, that's all. But I have a giant box of them here. Look at it. Like this of every color. And I just, I hardly mix colors because I have so many paints. I just paint them out of the tubes a lot of the time. Straight out of the tubes. And well, this is a non-art art question, but uh, for the, for, this is Scratch, right? The column that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the ones that I've read. Um, for that, are you, are you guys coming up with your own ideas for what you want to write? Or is there somebody that's kind of telling you like, hey, let's write about this or... I yeah. guess how involved are you? Uh, we come up with the ideas. We present the idea. We usually present like three or four ideas to the editor. And we say like, well, this week we want to do it about, um, you know, vaccines. Usually we have one really good idea and two other not so good ideas. And we put them all in an email and we say, we really want to do this first one. But if you don't like that idea, here's a couple others. Mm -hmm. And usually he'll pick 
he'll say, okay, you can do that first one. But once we didn't want to do this one about the candy hearts, because I felt like it was like too light, you know, like there's so much stuff going on in the world and it felt kind of like, uh, you know, like not important enough to just like talk about candy, but I guess everybody needs a break sometimes from the heavy stuff. The last one we did, here, I'll show you what it looks like. Here is a lot, all of them. I save them all the time. Uh, but they're all going to yellow over time. But the last one was about um, these people who are giving out vaccines and yeah. they're just donating their time to give out vaccines to people who are in underserved communities, like it's harder to get and there. It was about two doctors. So I drew them and some people getting vaccines. And then I handwrite all that text. So it takes a long time. Would you say that that eats up a lot of your time these days? I would say it eats up a lot of my time, but that I'm always doing other things. Like I, I would say there's a, a day where we're interviewing people. There's a day where I'm drew painting. There's a day where I'm doing the, the lettering. There's, I would say it's like three or four days of a week. So yeah. then a couple other days I'm doing other projects like books or anything else. That's amazing. Well, let's back up, Julia. Um, you kind of told us part of what you do, but who are you and what do you do and, and okay. <laughs> all of that stuff? Uh, I I'm an illustrator. So it just means that I'm drawing pictures for a bunch of different people. So sometimes I'm doing books, sometimes I'm doing that newspaper thing. And then I also do something called surface design, which is like um, wallpaper or uh, putting patterns on things like wallpaper or or shirts like or socks or um napkins you know like anything that could have a pattern on it that's also something i do this is a little notebook that has video game controllers on it like things that uh you can sell and then like kids books this is about food or and then more like adult books about this one's about new york city so um i sometimes write them like this one i wrote and it's just about all these things in New York that I think are cool. Uh, or somebody else writes them, like this has an author who wrote the book and then I just do the, the art for it. Yeah. And then I'm just, I, li I live in Brooklyn, New York and I have this like, I have an apartment and in the back of my apartment I have this little room and it's just like a computer and uh, some painting stuff and all this crap that's inspiring I guess around me and storage and that's where I work from so it's I'm, I'm not going anywhere every day for a job I'm just at home all day in the back of my and that was and that was pre-COVID even you were my whole was, life yes yeah. or since I graduated school I went to art college I went to the Rhode Island School of Design and after graduating there I, yeah, I moved home for a little while to save money and then I got my own apartment and I've just been like doing work from home and that's, yeah. So how did you, how did you get into illustration slash art? Like what, what drew you to that? Were you doing it from a very early age or was it high school or? Yeah, I was always drawing all the time and I was taking art classes, but I actually didn't take art class in high school. I took dance because I really liked dance and I didn't want to miss out so I didn't take any art school until I got two electives in senior year and then I took art class in senior year and I was like wow I should have been doing this all along I really like it yeah. and then it was time to apply for college and somebody said you know you should try to get into this art school or is it's such it's a good school for art and I wasn't going to go to school for art because my parents were like you can't you're not gonna, you know, artists don't make money and you're gonna, you should learn something where you can get a real job. And um, and so I was sad and I applied to all these other colleges and then only one art school. But then I got into the art school and I was like, please, I really wanna go, I think I can do this. And so I, they said, okay. And it was a lot of money and I took out a lot of loans, but I went to art school and I think that it was a good decision. It helped a lot. So. Well, that's like a, that's a decision that a lot of these guys, because most of these guys are seniors. Some, uh -huh. some are hot, but a lot of them are kind of struggling with the same sort of balance of like, 
you know, do I go for what I like to do or do I go for like the safer, you know, option that appeases my parents a little bit more? So tell, can you tell That's us a little a hard bit? hard decision to do. I mean, I, if it's up to me now because of what I did, which is took the risk and went to art school and hustled and made it work. It took a long time to get where I am, but I got here. And I feel like you should do what you want to do. You only live once and you should go for it. Yeah. Um, that's my point of view. But that said, I know if you're worried about it and it stresses you out to take some risks, you can always do art at the college you're at. There, oh, There's art programs at every college and they're probably quite good. I don't know. I, I don't know, but I'm assuming they're probably not as intensive, but also good. Well, so um, I have to say this. Okay. If you go to art school, you don't have to write papers. You don't have to do a lot of reading. You're not learning about philosophy. You're not doing any of the things that, you know, you think of as school, you're drawing all day. I mean, I was drawing, like our classes are drawing from like the morning to like, you have a lunch break and then you go back to class for another few hours. It's like all day. So if you like doing that, which I did, then, then that's a good choice. I think that the downside of that is you miss out. Like you, I graduated and I don't feel like I know about anything else like besides art. Like I feel like that's all we learned about. So now when people are saying, you know, have you read this book or do you know about this? Or I just, I have no idea what they're talking about. Like a, they make references to things that I don't know anything about. And I feel like I missed out on learning about all these other things. So I don't know, maybe it's good to have a balance. I'm not sure. I don't want to say do one thing or the other, but uh, yeah, for me, I love that answer though. Yeah. Um, and I think that you just uh, convinced like half of the, I saw whenever you said no writing papers thing, they were all just like, Bing! you know, they, I know. Cause I wasn't good at that. I didn't do good on tests. I, you know, I was fine in my SAT score, but I wasn't like high. It was just like normal average. And I felt like I, the thing that I liked the most was dancing and doing art. And so I, I didn't think I would succeed as a dancer, that's for sure. But I felt like, oh, maybe I could do this art thing. I'm pretty good at it. And then when I thought about the idea of drawing all day, I was like, yes, that's what I want to do. You do have to write papers, just very few, like once a year, maybe, like for art history. And maybe you'll be a little more interested in what you're writing about too. Yeah. And also the English class, it's so relaxed. I mean, at art school, it's like pretty relaxed. It's not hard. It's not like you're reading a whole bunch of texts every day. You know, it's, it's different. And that's not to say you're not learning. It's just a different kind of way of learning. Well, uh, we'll save the dance portion of this uh, to later in our talk. But um, I was going to ask you about, I'm just joking, by the way. I'm not going to have you dance. <laughs> I'll dance. Want to, yeah. Um, uh, we, we live in a world, you know, especially with like social media being the way that it is, like, uh, a lot of people get into illustration or things like that, um, that didn't go to design school or, or art school or whatever. And, right. you know, maybe they went to just like be a nutritionist, but they started doing art and they are being successful at it. So like, what are the things that you feel like you got from RISD that like, maybe you wouldn't have gotten had you gone to school for uh, like business or whatever, and then just started doing art on your own. And uh -huh. I'm not saying one is better than the other. Like, I think people can do sure. it. Like I mean, do I don't know. I don't know what, I can't answer what I would be like if I didn't go there, but I can say that going there, I was a, the thing that was the best part of it was being around the other students who were as dedicated to that thing as I was and as inspired to make art as much as I was and were really talented and just being around other people who were working at the same time and so good at what they did, it made me want to work harder at it. I think that's, I mean, the teachers were great, but I think it was more about being in an environment where everybody's in the studio drawing or painting or doing the thing that they want to do and getting excited about the thing that they want to do. It made me more excited. I, I don't think I would have gotten that on my own. You don't get it on your own. You get it a little, you get, um, I get motivated, like I post something and a whole bunch of people are like, I like it, you know, that's great. But it's not the same as actually being in a physical space with a bunch of people also making art, which is what you're doing right now. You know, imagine you guys were all 
with each other all day, making art all day, and then talking about it all the time. Um, and then going home and making it by yourselves and then coming back and showing I mean, that your whole day is art class. Yeah. Definitely. It's a lot. It might be too much. I mean, it is a lot for a lot of people, you know. Well, I'm sure you so. feel very pushed. We were just talking actually a few minutes before this call about like pushing yourself or pushing artists to, to be kind of, you know, the best version of themselves and stuff. So I think you're naturally in that environment just kind of pushed to be the best you can be because you're, it's not a competition, but you're kind of trying to, um, you know, you don't want to be the worst one in the class. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody rises together is the kind of yeah. the thought, like everybody's, if there's a whole bunch of people excited about it, something, everybody's going to, oh, you know, it continues, the excitement grows exponentially. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Well, I've got a billion more questions, but I'm going to open it up real quick to uh, the students to see if anybody has a question so that I don't hog all the time. Anybody have a question? Yes, we, we got a question. Um, I My question is just for art school in general, I know the only collector is, but what are some things that you would do in preparation for applying to art school, like RIS or CAD or reunion? Did you get that, Julia? Yeah, like things to prepare you for art school. So if when you apply to an art school, they ask for certain things, like they ask for a draw, sometimes there's a drawing test or they ask for a portfolio of stuff. When I went to school, we we had to draw a bicycle, we had to draw an interior, and we had to draw um, whatever we wanted for the third drawing. And you had to like make the drawings and like fold them up and actually mail the physical drawings there. I don't probably you don't have to do that anymore. That was before I was I'm old, so that was before you had all this you know technology to be able to send stuff. Um, but prior to that, like making a portfolio, I would say the best thing you guys could do now, if you wanna get better or prepare yourselves is to um, draw from life. I think that that's something that, uh, I don't know how much you're doing, but like it me what drawing from life is like your everyday things. Like you're sitting around and you're drawing your friend or you're going and drawing life drawing, which is like, somebody's posing for you or you're going outside and just sitting on the ground and drawing or you're inside your house and you're looking around and just practicing drawing it's I mean the the practice of it is the thing that will make you better at it so having a sketchbook and always drawing in it that I think that's the thing that's going to prepare you for school of drawing all the time and you draw from life a lot in school it's like how they teach you to learn how to draw there's like a yeah. class where it's just like a nude uh, model who's standing in the middle and then we're all, you know, sitting around drawing that person different, doing different um, poses and stuff. Well, that's uh, that kind of brings up another question that I had, which is like, um, you, uh, your, your work, it feels very personal, but it also feels like it's got a lot of identity with like where you live, which is New York. Um, mm -hmm. And I, so one of my questions was like, what, what do you do? What would you suggest to students who don't live in New York city, you know, and maybe don't live in a place that has such a, such an identity. Like, what would you suggest for they them? They do live in a place with an identity. Everybody does. Sure. Yeah. But I guess I think that a, a lot of them, because, uh, you what know, is when it like where you guys live, is it like houses and suburban yeah. or what is it? Suburban. Yeah. So we, yeah, That's we live here. Daddy. Like you can sit on the ground on the sidewalk and draw the houses down the street, down the block, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, that's, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter what the surroundings are. It doesn't have to be amazing buildings. You know, I actually think it's more fun to find uh, like delight in like the everyday boring things, you know, just like, you know, you're, you're eating cereal and milk and you can draw your cereal box and your empty bowl and like the remaining Cheerio at the bottom of the bowl. You know, that's just as exciting as drawing a building of New York City. It's all mm -hmm. what you put into it. Yeah. Well, and it's, I think that's evident in a lot of your work too, like where you'll just have uh, things, you know, that are probably just laying around your house and then you make this very <laughs> aesthetic like surface design with it and it's not necessarily 
work face, but my shoes is a good thing to draw like a pile, like your shoes in a row or, um, or things in the kitchen, like take a whole bunch of tools out of the kitchen drawer and like line them up on the table and just draw them. That could be fun. I know it doesn't sound fun, but it will look nice at the end, especially if you draw a lot of them on the same piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. I actually, one of the things, uh, we normally have like a, a pretty active art club. Um, and one of the things I'd written down as like an idea for the art club was uh, inspired by you, the surface design, like pattern making that you did. Oh, you actually still share class about it, but then I've also seen you post about it. And, um, that was one of the things that I wanted to do. And then because of, COVID, we, you know, we're limited on what we can do. Um, but I think that's, yeah, what you just said was a great answer. And it's, um, it's fun because like the scratch articles that you guys do are generally about something that is kind of like, um, I don't want to say ordinary, but like something that you don't it's think about. People. And, yeah. yeah like, I, I read the one about the pawn shop and like how pawn shops work. And right. that's just super interesting, but it's something that most people would probably never think of as being like, a thing to draw or I don't know. So everyday life is, is great and it yeah. can be wherever you are. You can like pose your parents in a chair and tell them to sit there and then ask them to tell the, you a story about their childhood and just like handwrite it underneath the drawing. That's like a fun, that's like what I do, but just you could do it at home. Basically I, I go it. around and interview people and then draw them and then write what they say underneath. I mean, and it's fun to read because everybody's story is interesting, even your parents. So yeah. how do you, uh, <laughs> what is, what does your day-to-day -day look like? You just kind of told us that earlier that you're, uh, you know, you're working on interviewing people and, and uh, drawing and writing and doing all those things for the New York Times article. But uh, do you have kind of like a weekly schedule or a daily schedule or do you, is it just kind of whatever day, you have going no, on it's like every day is different so it depends on what deadline I have so if I have an, a newspaper due then I'm usually working on it but sometimes I if I don't have that due then I'm working on a book project like I'm very behind on a book kids book everybody's mad at me because I'm taking too long we're not mad at you thanks <laughs> It's hard because you have a lot of things going on at once and you're always trying to figure out which one to do first. Um, yeah. but every day is kind of different. And then there's some days I don't do anything. Like today, I think I'm taking the day off because uh, I've been working. Like one night I worked till one o'clock in the morning. And then the next day again, woke up at six and worked all day. So it's like if I'm working a whole bunch, then I hand something in, I can like take a day off. So every it's really different every day but the thing that's nice is that if i need to go away or i being a freelancer you can schedule um trips or things you want to do and not have to worry about taking a day off of work and you don't have to ask anybody for time off or anything like that it's not like a job where you're answering like you're the boss so you get to yeah. decide but it means you have to be really disciplined like you can't really wait to the last minute which is why i'm up at 1 a.m working <laughs> I was going to ask if that's gotten easier, being more disciplined has gotten easier the longer you've done it, but that might have just answered the question. It's actually gotten worse because I know that I can get it done. Since yeah. I've done it once before, I'm like, oh, last time I got it done and I met the deadline and I stayed up. That means I could probably do that again this time. And then so I just do that. And yeah, it's not, it's not great. Do you do anything to kind of like whenever you do have a day where you're like, okay, I need to get this stuff done. Is there anything specific that you do to kind of prime yourself for like being more creative or being in a more creative mindset? Or do you just kind of jump right in and start drawing or how does that work? Uh, I find a good podcast to listen to while I draw. I think that, that makes it exciting. I mean, I listen to like this American life a lot or yeah. Um, I listen to WNYC all day, which is just like our new local New York radio station. It's like an interview shows all day. I love Radio um, Lab. From yeah, like Radio Labs on there, and and uh, Death, Sex, and Money, and uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of good shows like that that I'll just have on. And and what's funny is when I'm drawing and listening to these things, sometimes I look back at the drawing later, like weeks later, and I can remember what I was listening to 
at the moment I made that pen line. It's like your brain is like linked in some weird way to the listening and drawing at the same time. It's very strange. It's like a map of what, oh, it feels like some sort of map of what you're doing. But I, I will say on my days off, like today, I will be drawing anyway, just for myself, for fun. Like that's the days I get to just do what I'm telling you to do, which is like go draw on a sketchbook somewhere, like sit here, like have your friends pose and sit for you and just like talk to them and hang out. And while they're doing that, you can just be drawing them. Do you guys ever do any of that? I think I think uh, some of them probably do, and some of them probably have have never done that. So this is like where I'm drawing friends and stuff, yeah. dogs, friends, just yeah. hanging out. And then I usually like write something to remember what happened that day. Like yeah, and you usually make them draw you too, right? You guys just like well, it's a way to meet and hang out with other fellow drawers too. So I'll find a friend who also likes to draw, and then we just sit and draw each other. And then we just talk and hang out. And I mean, it's hard with COVID. So the thing that you can't go in, I'm not, I don't go inside with anybody really. So I go sit outside with people and draw with them. And your yeah. hand gets cold, but still try to do it. Yeah. What a, yeah, what a great like way to remember that moment though. With yeah, that except that, you know, what's easier. You don't have to draw anybody with their faces. So if you mess up, you don't know because everybody has a mask on. So you don't have to draw like their eyes. <laughs> so much be, even after COVID's all all over and done with and nobody's wearing a mask maybe you can just make that your thing just <laughs> only eyes and then just blank here yeah um do, so do you I, you were just talking about on your days off making sure that you're, you you still draw your personal work do you feel like you have a pretty good balance of like it, it seems like when you're drawing for clients it would be very easy to just like only do client work and never do like the things that got you into drawing and art in the first place uh, do you feel like uh, you have a good balance or like you are you have to be intentional about that so that you're not all of a sudden realize you're drawing sure. like well that's the thing like i used to have this thing called ladies drawing night which was like a dedicated time that i used to meet with two of my friends and we used to sit at a dining room table and drink wine and draw and that was like a thing we did every week where we set aside like a few hours during the night to do that. And that was like a time where we were not allowed to do work for clients. Yeah. And now that we're not doing that anymore. Um, yeah. It's been like the thing I've had to think about, like, okay, I, sh I haven't drawn for fun in a while. I got to go out and make a drawing and try something different. Yeah. So it is very much thinking in my head, like, Oh, I haven't done that in a while. I got to go do it. That's more what it is, but it's not like, punishing yourself if you didn't like oh I'm so mad at myself I didn't it's just like okay time to do it now then it's like yeah. when you enjoy it so much it's not hard to get yourself to do something too well and I'm sure the the client even the client work that you do is is probably uh fulfilling like it probably scratches that itch of like creativity anyway um yeah. because you you probably like what you do most of the time but you just you know I could see where it could get easy to like um be asked to do one thing and then somebody likes that and then you're doing that again for somebody else and you can kind of like be known yeah. something that you is not what you wanted to you, that you set out to do i guess i don't know but like a lot of the projects now are things that i'm going to the people and saying i want to work on instead of, like the times column is like that like we pitch the idea but so it is things i want to do also other things like I pitched another a piece for Valentine's Day I started to see like do you guys like windows walking around Brooklyn that have like um bright colors in them like this is it like light <laughs> and I didn't know what it was and I got obsessed with it and I started like painting it and trying to imagine what's going on in there like was it people dancing or was it people like doing karaoke or why are there these colored lights? And then somebody was like, oh, that's just like Amazon, you know, like smart bulbs and like all the young kids are doing it. And I had no idea, but it was like inspiring to look at and like make work about just because it was interesting to me, even though it was kind of silly to learn that. And so I wound up writing this whole piece about it for Valentine's day because I was like, 
you know, it was about how being alone a lot, even though you're alone on Valentine's Day, you go for these walks and see something that's like really exciting and inspiring to you. So, and yeah. I pitched this piece about it and that that's like coming out in Valentine's Day. So it's like deciding a project you want to work on and then kind of presenting it after you're finished to somebody and saying like, this is what I want to do. I made this. Do you want to publish it? That's been something I've been doing more of. And so it is makes you allows you to uh, make work you really like and want to do and then also get it paid for it yeah um well, you know I'll, I'll tell you the things that i get paid for the most are not the newspaper or the um any of the magazine stuff like that pays a little bit but the things that pay are like what i was showing you before like the surface design stuff because like i have wallpaper and um like so this company makes wallpapers and then they they every time one of these is sold i get a percentage or like every time uh also books like every time i somebody buys one of my books i get i think like uh i don't know a dollar or something i'm not sure yeah it, it that's what is making me the money i make as like a i don't know if i could survive on just the newspapers and magazines it's by doing all this all three of the things, which is like surface design and books and also newspapers and magazines all at once that makes me be able to function as an artist and make enough money. To well, I'd say like with those things, they, I mean, I, get, I think they call it passive income where you're, you just have right. these things you know, that they're making your money. But like once you've already done the surface design thing, it's not really costing you any time after that. But you're, Like there's one wallpaper I did over 10 years ago that's just clouds and birds. And it's one of the most popular ones. I wish I could show you. I don't know if anything. I was going to ask you if you if you just uh, this is just a, a random question, but do you have like, um, do you do you have your work in your house? Like, do you have like a uh, no no wallpaper with Julia Rothman on Julia Rothman's walls? No. No. Because it's too much. It's over. I, get I it. have a lot of other people's art that I love. It's my apartment is full of other people's art. That's good. In my studio, there's some. I mean, it's mixed in here and there, but no wallpaper. I guess if I move, I don't. I rent my place. I don't own it. So technically, putting up wallpaper would be like a not good. I mean, it's against my lease. Yeah. A breach of my contract. So I probably couldn't. There is removable wallpaper now. Um, yeah but I don't put it up. But anyway, what I was gonna say is like this wallpaper of birds and clouds I did 10 years ago is still popular. And that's like, a, I get a check from that wallpaper uh, twice a year. And that is, it's like so much money. And I have been getting it for like 10 years because of this one wallpaper design. Like you never know when like something's really gonna connect with somebody and then, you know, you, yeah, it, it was so lucrative was one to, reason to, do, to do a bunch of stuff and then you know if you make a bunch of stuff then one of those things i made just... hundreds of patterns like hundreds and the only one anybody ever liked was those birds and clouds <laughs> that's the only one and everybody are, you like, are you like i need to draw more birds and clouds i know i was like what can i do the sequel to this and i like tried different things i did one of um like these uh leopards and uh with trees and stuff and it was like eh, nobody really cared people just love birds and clouds that's today's lesson is people love birds. Put a bird on it there was like a portland yeah portland skit about that and it's very true it is very true um maybe we'll watch that after this uh, <laughs> i don't know if you need to watch want, um okay i want to open it up for questions again because i yeah. i i started talking again fix has got a question it could be more of a confusing question but uh how do you in essence envision your art if you're if you were talking about uh uh, even that big, you do a lot of things with uh, with creativity, and uh, even when you uh, start out the idea about the cereal in the bowl, was there like a train of thought that led you to that? Like, did you have a bowl of cereal over the day, or was it just like something that just popped into your mind? It just popped into my head. No, I'm not. Like, there's nothing. I. I, I guess I'm a person who just looks around a room. Like if you looked around that room right now, that classroom, 
Could you see something interesting to draw? Is there something in there right now that you could be like, oh, you know, there's a faucet in there and there's some, like I'm seeing like a pump for the soap all the way in the back, like just a, a faucet with a pump. That would be like a cool painting. Or like, um, like my, my desk that's like the same as yours right now, it just has like art supplies on it and it's all scattered around. Like you could just paint that. Like, I think it's about just training your brain to notice uh, the beauty of just anything around you. Um, and that's not hard. You can just keep telling yourself to do that, I think. Is that the I question? Think... I'm not sure what the question was. Yeah, what, yeah, that was the question. That, yes, that like, if, if, how do you know what to do? Is that kind of the thing? Like, how do you train yourself to be creative? Yeah, I think so. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I think you answered that. And I, I think that's comforting because uh, I think that a lot of times, especially as a high schooler, you're kind of like, you, you feel like you have to come up with this completely original new idea out of your head. And just being able to like look around and be inspired by something that you're looking at is more approachable. And so I think that's good advice. So I want everybody to make a painting of the faucet and the soap dispenser now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not that exciting. But when I was in uh, senior year of high school, I remember that I was not by far not the best in the class at all. I was like probably towards the bottom. It was an AP. Is are you guys? Do you, do you even know what that is? Maybe it's just a New York. Yeah, we have we have had the AP, but we don't have it this oh. year. I was in this AP art class, and I was like probably one of the not as good students. There were like people who could really draw, who like could render things like perfect like it looked so realistic and um i forget what the assignment oh the assignment was uh seen unseen i think it was called and it was like uh, do something that's like you can see it and you can't see it and that was very open-ended and though and and i didn't know what to do and i think people were trying to like think about these really abstract cool things and i decided to draw um my, my mom and my sister were playing Scrabble a lot. So I decided to draw the Scrabble board, but I had it like disappear and then have some tiles. There were some tiles making words appearing over here, but it was like fading out and then appearing. And, and when I brought that in, like everyone in the class like flipped out and they're like, oh my God, this is so good. And I did it. And I was like so happy because I was like, wow, this was just like me drawing something in my house. And I thought it was kind of a dumb idea, but it was just like something very simple. Um, and personal, because it was like my mom and my sister, I guess, this thing they were doing a lot. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if that's helpful, but trying not to overthink things and just like find things around you that can inspire you. Do you think that's something that happened kind of organically or did you see, were there like artists that did that, that you saw that you were inspired by? I think that happened by accident. Like I didn't know what to do with that project. And then I did that. And then everybody thought it was so great. Like the fact that I thought of it right now and remember it means like, I guess I really learned something that day where I was like, oh, it doesn't have to be this, you know, think of this idea, like it should be a garden and this should be appearing and I make a whole story behind it. Or um, it just was something so simple and everybody reacted to it so well. And so I felt like, oh, um, Maybe that's all you have to do. It's just like find something beauty and something small and normal. Yeah. I, I love mean, it. One way to look at it, I guess. It is. It's a great way to look at it. I'm going to ask if anybody else has another question real quick before I jump in. I've got some more things. Are you, are they at the, I guess it's the end of the year of senior year. So did you guys already apply to college and everything? Uh, so they've still got three months and most of them have applied to some colleges, but not all of them have, uh, made all of the decisions. I would say there are some that have probably not applied at all and probably should get on that soon. Is that pretty much right? If they want to do that. I mean, a lot of people. Yeah, don't they want to do that. Too. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we got a question back here. Okay. Um, did art school make She's all the way in the back. Did you hear that, Julia? I heard, I think you said, did, did art school, art school make you, have you try all different other kinds of art? And 
I guess like make you experiment with other kinds of things that you enjoyed. Is that kind of the question? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Definitely. Um, usually the people who I went to school with who went into a certain major did not wind up in the major, did not wind up doing the thing that when they graduated that they went to school for. Like I'm one of the very few people who went into illustration and now is graduated and doing illustration. Most of my friends were like, I'm a sculptor and then they got out and they did like jewelry or like I'm a printmaker and then they got out and they're doing web design. Like every, it's like all the same thing. It's just how you apply it. So yeah, I let me think. I took um, graphic design classes. I took like a sculpture. Uh, I took photography. I really liked that. Um, like dark room where it was like black and white and old style film, not just like a digital camera. Uh, I don't remember what else, but yeah, you could take classes and all different kinds of things. So um, some people took like glass blowing. There's I th all kinds of things that they offer there. Uh, so you get to try all different kinds of things. And now, I don't know, do I do other things besides drawing? Not really, I should. Do you think that photography maybe uh changed or transformed the way that you do draw or those things that you experimented like photography and printmaking and I don't know if you did any glass blowing but would they maybe uh inform your your drawing do you think or I think I remember I did a lot of portraits and I did a lot of <laughs> it sounds so silly now but I did a lot of pictures of like um the insides of the buildings that were very plain like it would be like a white hallway, but I'd like take a picture of like the corner and with the shadow and stuff. Like I had a lot of those. Like, that's that's that was like, the bowl of cereal back then. Yeah, exactly. It was like finding something interesting and something very ordinary. Uh, so yes, I'm sure it all informs. I think, honestly, I think the thing that informs you the most though is like walking down the street. I think that that's, it's, it's like, um, you don't, I don't know, this goes back to the like very first question, which is like, you don't need to be uh, like seeing something incredible or being, even you don't need to go to art school. You don't need to do any of these things. You just need to walk around and keep your eyes open and look for stuff. I think that that's kind of what I would suggest the most is like, look around you, pay attention, notice things and, and try to capture them. I think also like I do, I do still take pictures. Like all I do is walk around and take pictures of things that I wanna draw later. So if I see a funny storefront or like um, a person doing something like sitting on a bench in an interesting way or a guy selling hot dogs or whatever, and I take a picture, then later I'll come home and paint it. So if you can't paint in the moment, like you can be walking around your neighborhood and say like, oh, that funny, decoration that somebody put up for valentine's day in the front of their house i'm going to take a picture and then you can go home and like draw the house and the decoration later yeah you can almost like make a folder on your phone that just has exactly what i have a folder that says to draw an yeah. album yeah it's full but there's <laughs> and I'm it's drawn, like, three of the things <laughs> but yeah no but that's what all those pictures of the houses with the light in the the apartments with the lights and the windows was from, I was taking pictures of them, like walking around and taking pictures. And then one day I came home and painted them all. Yeah, love it. Um, I That might answer the next question, like, because you're just walking around and kind of taking photos of things and painting those things and stuff like that. But do you, I imagine that as like an illustrator, it's probably hard because you like in a way have to be in tune with like what's tr like a, like trendy and, uh, popular and all that stuff, but then you don't want to be like too trendy because once that trend is over, then you're just kind of like left in the dust. And, you know, you're somebody who's had a career for, you know, a while now. So obviously, like, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have to do consciously. think about the trendy thing. I don't, I don't think about it, I guess. Like, you mean like certain colors or like the, I think there's a lot of people who draw a certain way. Like there's a lot of flat, Right now, it's, it's even taught. I just watched a video about it the other day that a lot of people are drawing exactly the same way, like all of the graphics you see for Facebook or like um, dating apps or uh, anything online. It's like flat characters that have like, you know, blue hair with a ponytail that's like one shape, like that there's like a trend of the way people are drawing. And uh, I just don't, I was like, I guess I'm aware of that, but I don't, I'm just drawing the way I've always drawn. So, yeah, 
I think that's probably great advice to not to not pay too much attention to yeah, that. Yeah, I wouldn't pay attention to it at all, actually. Yeah. I would be like, everybody's drawing like this. I should draw like this. Ah, actually, you should that should make you not want to draw that way. Yeah. Because uh then you'll stand out from everyone else. I think I'm aware of like colors or things that I think are popular or what's nostalgic to people. Mm-hmm. So um I think that that's the way it stays a little bit fresh, but maybe it doesn't stay fresh and maybe people will think it looks old fashioned soon. I always think about that. Maybe. <laughs> I guess it's just a, it could be, a, I think it could be a slippery slope to start thinking too much about that because if you would have gone off on a trail with your bird and cloud and you're, all you did was draw birds right. and cloud, you thought it was trendy, then you may not do all the cool things that you've done since then. But I might've been rich because I might've made like five more birds and <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> everywhere i might have made it rich and then i would have and then had no more work after that <laughs> who knows Good point. but i mean i, I think the wait. thing is like how do you enjoy yourself while you're working and how do you make it fun for yourself in the end so if you're not having fun you probably shouldn't draw it if you're having fun drawing it it's then it's probably going to turn out good yeah and i think the other people will kind of catch on to that they'll be able to tell if you cared about what you were doing or not yeah and if other people don't like it it's okay it doesn't matter if you like it (laughs) that's a thing too like i don't know i i i put stuff on instagram i'm sure you guys all do that and um you know if something doesn't get a lot of likes or i don't get the reaction i wanted i always am like oh i feel bad so why don't people like it and then i'm like oh who cares it's like people are just going like this and saying "Oh, oh you know and they're not actually paying that much attention to you there's just scrolling so you shouldn't worry about that kind of stuff and i get caught up in that just like everyone else yeah i think everybody does and it's easy to do um one i think it's easy to see like your followers how many you have and then how many likes a certain thing gets and you're like my i have this many followers but only this many people liked it like what's going on but i think as long as you have that it seems like as long as you have that kind of like core group of people that will follow you wherever you go, it doesn't really matter about the other like thousands of followers that are just kind of there to scroll by. It doesn't even matter any followers, really. That's it's true. just like a place where you can put stuff and share it. I mean, yeah, there's not, not everybody's going to like what you do. So you just, you, if you like it, you just keep, keep doing it, I guess. I don't know. I guess people, a lot of people I know get caught up in that, like uh, how many followers and how all that, that's like today's day and age is currency of like what makes you successful. It's like how much of that you have. And I, I don't believe in it really, even though I partake in it a lot and think about it a lot. I want to not believe in it. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a bigger conversation. Yeah. I don't know um, if you guys do that, like show your drawings on your Instagram even anyway. I'm sure they do. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of them are shaking they're uh, nodding their heads. Okay. Um well can we, let's switch gears real quick. I just wanted to talk about um you you mentioned gouache and the things that you use earlier, but do you are you uh strictly painting and, and doing that stuff? I imagine just from what I know about your work that you do translate it to digital in some ways or color things digitally like sure. how does what's the balance that you have of uh analog versus digital yeah. just because that's so the time it gets painted in gouache and with the i usually draw with these like uniball pens mm-hmm. so basic and then also markers if something's really skinny i use like the i have these very skinny markers that i use and like um so a lot of the time like something on a like a, a book or something like Here's like a, like a book cover. I had to draw a book for something. So like if I had to um, like do something really tight, I would use a marker instead of uh, uh, painting it. It just makes it less messy. So markers paint, and then I scan it into the computer um, and I usually bring it into Photoshop and then I clean it up a little bit. And then I do layouts in Photoshop. depending on what it is um so it's like if something like that those columns for the newspaper like everything's on a different i can hold on let's see if i have those drawings 
Like here's the dot, here's the painting like this. And then I bring it into Photoshop and that's where I add a back. Oh, where's, was it this one? That's where I add like a background color. Like it didn't have that background color there. I put that in only in the computer. Yeah. And this is all like written in a notebook. I have like just a notebook that's like, um, it's like just has lines in it. And anytime I need to do a font or something, I just, I write it in here and then I scan it and I get rid of the lines after. And that way I have like a, um, like this is, here's one for like this mat dating one. It, like all the text gets done in there and then I scan it and color it in the computer. Awesome. Would you so I mean, learning things? Photoshop is definitely important. Um, that was my next question actually was uh, asking like what, what you thought like just, you know, as high school art students who may or may not be going into different fields or whatever, are there things that you think that like foundationally everybody should know as an artist? Uh, you know, you probably should start now or procreate that's another one people are using and you can use it on the ipad uh a lot of these guys know about procreate so they're they use procreate a lot i think okay well a lot of my i have i teach uh at sva which is school of visual arts in new york and they're it's college and they all use procreate in my class and i don't know how to use it but they all use that so i use photoshop which I think is important, but if it's not Photoshop, Procreate's probably just as good. Um, and I mean, Illustrator, I don't, you probably, a lot of people don't know how to use Illustrator. I think it's probably okay, but Photoshop, Illustrator, Procreate are the ones you probably need. If you wanted to work in publishing as like a book layout person, then there's other ones like um, InDesign it's called, and that's like a layout program. Uh, but I don't know, I don't think you need to know them yet. You'll probably get taught some of that or learn it along the way if you decide to go to art school or something. Yeah, I agree. Um, if you want to stick around after this, I'm sure they could probably teach you about Procreate. They know way more than I do <laughs> ever will about Procreate. Anything about it, yeah. I know there's lots of good brushes that make it look like it's done by hand. Yeah. Which is um, cool. And sometimes I can't tell the difference. Sometimes I can tell and I'm like, oh, it's definitely digital, but. Sometimes I can't tell, and then I'm kind of upset that I go through all this work of painting things when I could probably just do it on the. But then you have a real painting, and you can also sell the painting if you wanted and make more money. That's so true. There's that. Um, let's so uh, ask a question. One more, one more time for questions here. If that's okay. Oh, yeah. Well, you mentioned school of visual arts. Actually, one of the arts programs. I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about school of visual arts. Um, so I didn't hear that well. Typically, she, she's saying that uh, School of Visual Arts is actually a, a school that she's interested in. And if you okay. have anything to share about specifically School of Visual Arts. Uh, so School of Visual Arts, it's like in the middle of the city. And uh, the thing I would say about that is you don't have like a college campus the way you would have if you went to school. I mean, if you go to a New York art school, a New York City one like Parsons, School of Visual Arts, FIT, or uh, Pratt, you're like in the city. You don't have like a, you don't have like, I mean, there's dorms, but it does, I don't think it feels the same as when you're in college and you have like this campus. Yeah. So it's kind of intense. It's like you're all of a sudden you're in the middle of New York City. Uh, there's a lot of international students. So in your class, like in my class, there's a lot of kids from China and they, um, I mean, they all speak, everyone speaks English, but it's just like, it's, they're not Americans, which is quite interesting. And it makes for like a, a unique experience. Um, the teachers at SVA are incredible because you have all these teachers who are living and working artists in New York. So there's like a lot of famous people who are teaching at SVA. Like, uh, I don't know, like people work on TV shows and people who are like, the, like they're the best in the industry, but uh, it's not as rigorous as some of the other schools. Like I would say when I taught at RISD, which is where I went, it was way hard, like the, the classes were way harder than the ones at SVA and a lot more work at RISD. So SVA is like, I would say it's like, 
A plus for the teachers um, and like C for like college, like feeling of being in college on a campus kind of thing. It depends on what you're looking for. If you look, if you want to be in the middle of New York City, then that's a place to go. Yeah. Uh, I should, I mean, I should only say positive things because I work there, you know, but uh, I'm just I think that was overwhelmingly positive. And I think that the only like quote unquote negative thing that you said was just that they, it didn't feel like a normal campus. And I don't think that's bad. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? We got another question from Victor. Here. Have you brought awareness to your artists? We've been talking about Jesus, and uh, nobody goes from like their followers to like uh, tens of thousands. Have you brought awareness to your page, or uh, how did you get your start? Did you hear that, Julia? I can. Uh, well, I know it's about Instagram, but that's the only thing I know. What was it? Asking, uh, like. He, he asked just in general, how did you uh, raise or uh, uh, gain awareness about for your art? Like you mentioned Instagram as something and he said, you don't go from zero followers to, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of followers. So like, was there something that you did or even pre-Instagram, was there something that you did to raise your aware, uh, the awareness of your, your art? Is that, is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think like the important thing is to show it however you can show it. I know a lot of people get scared. They're like, somebody's gonna copy me if I put my work out or somebody's gonna steal it and do something with it. Or um, I don't wanna show this because uh, it's not ready yet and I can do better and it's just a sketch and I don't wanna show. I think that that's, all of those things are the wrong way to look at it. And I think you should constantly be showing everything you're making all the time and sharing it um, in as many ways as you can. If you have Facebook, if you have Twitter, you have, Instagram, you have, you know, shows you can be in at school. Is there um, a newspaper you can write to and say, can I draw something for? I think you just start to extend and reach out as much as possible. And that's how you get people to follow you. And I think as far as Instagram, like going from zero to whatever, um, it's being engaged so it's like if you start posting more they'll start showing your work to more people mm -hmm. uh, a big thing that happens to a lot of artists is they get featured on instagrams like um there's like a page you can go to that just shows you a whole bunch of stuff like a search thing and mm -hmm. if your thing gets featured you like get like thousands of followers all of a sudden that happened to me once and uh but it's just like a slow build. It's like the more people share something that you made, then the more people start following you. So you can help do it with your friends. Like you can be like, I'll post like a Instagram story with your work and your and your um, tag if you'll do mine. And then you can share your followers and you can do things like that to try to get more followers. But I think the thing you wanna do mostly is just like share what you're working on as much as you can. It doesn't matter if it's not the best thing you ever made. And it doesn't matter if you're, nobody's, if somebody copies you, oh well. Oh well, they copied you. It's not you, it's like, who cares? If somebody like steals your work and like makes t-shirts, that's another story, it's a pain. But you don't go around worrying about that stuff and being afraid to post your work because of that. I know a lot of people feel that way. Well, it seems like all of those things go hand in hand because you, if you are sharing more and you're not being precious and only posting the one per like quote unquote perfect thing every month or whatever, then you're going to get more engagement because you're posting more often and more people are seeing your work. And, you know, I think, I don't know. I also just think that people these days like honesty and transparency and they like seeing the process and learning from it and yeah, that more than they like seeing a perfect completed work of art. Agree. Anybody else have a quick question? I think we're almost done. Okay, I do want to respect your time, but can we ask you like three very yeah, quick yeah, questions? Keep going, yeah. Okay, uh, first question. Do you have like a project or like a, even just like a singular artwork or uh, a book or whatever that you've worked on that like stands out to you as kind of your um, favorite thing or most enjoyable thing that you've ever worked on, like that you look back on most fondly? Yeah, that book about New York that I did. I did it a long time ago now, but it is like, because um, I grew up here and I put my childhood home in it. Like I just talk about 
this is my house I grew up in. Oh. And this is like when you go on City Island, which is where I grew up, which is just like a little island. It's a mile and a half long, half a mile wide, like that. It's like this is the bridge you go on, and this is the end of my block. I just like wrote about all these personal things in here, and then kind of give a tour of the rest of New York City that I find interesting. Yeah. And so I guess I felt like when I did, I'm very connected to this book, I guess, the most of anything. Like I've done a whole bunch of books, like 12 or more now at this point, but this is like the baby, you know, yeah. you make it and it's like, you feels like your child. I don't know. I don't have a child, but <laughs> that's my child. Yeah, there's probably, there was a lot of love put into that book, I'm sure. Yeah. It just feels like, um. It's a, a lot of who I am is in there. Very so cool. Um, what What is, you kind of talked about this a little bit. What is your favorite thing to draw if you just had to pick one thing? Like you, you mentioned shoes earlier. Uh, a thing? Kind of more I mean, my favorite thing about. to do is like draw my friends. Okay. Like sitting around in a space. But what, what is it about drawing your friends that you like? Is it something uh, specific or do you just, is it just enjoyable? I guess I like being in the presence of them. And then it's kind of like you're hanging out. You don't have to like stress out about what you're doing with them or what's happening. You can just sit and relax and you're, you're doing something with your friend that um, it's just like a, a very fun time. Cause you, they're just like sitting and talking to you and you're just drawing them. I don't know. You can try to capture who they are in it. And uh, it's satisfying when you can do that. A lot of the time it's really hard. It takes a lot of practice to like, I'll do a face like three times and like rip it out and be like, that's not right. But then you get it the like third or fourth time and you're like, okay, this looks like you finally. And then you finish the rest of it. Um, I think that that's really fun. The most fun. After that, I would say like, uh, I like to do like storefronts or like, um, like things that have a lot of details. <laughs> that makes any sense. Like a, you know, what they call bodegas here, which are like uh, the corner deli where you can buy like snacks. It's kind of like a 7-Eleven, but just like on a corner with a lot of different foods and they're all different. So I like drawing things related to those or things I see on the street. Uh, those are the favorite things. Objects, I don't know. Glasses, maybe. Folded glasses are fun to draw. Yeah. You should try that. Faucets and glasses and shoes <laughs> and material. <laughs> Not faucets. I just picked it because I saw it. <laughs> shoes for sure. Yeah. Shoes, yeah. glasses, like people's personal items are fun to draw. Yeah. Also packaging, like food packaging. That I think there's like, a, there's like a poetic nature to what you're talking about too, because you, you've mentioned glasses and shoes, which I think you could look into as like a, uh you know where that person's been or what they've seen or i don't know there's like sure. a metaphor there or analogy or something yeah it's like but. clues to somebody yeah all right last question julia okay this is something i ask everybody when we're doing this if you could go back to like 16 or 17 year old julia and give yourself a piece of advice one one piece of advice to like help you on your artistic journey or path what do you think it would be? Uh, I would probably say, good job, keep going. I think like I was really insecure and um, uh, felt shy or like not as cool or not as good at things as anyone else. And when you get older, that stuff doesn't matter at all, at all. Like you're, you'll get older and you'll be like, God, why was I, I, I looked back at my, we just had like a zoom with some of my high school friends and we looked at old videos of us like doing funny stuff. And like, I was thought I was so fat and ugly in high school. And when I looked at the video, I was like, God, what was I worried about? Like, I looked fine. Like it was so normal. And I think like you realize that later that like all of that stuff you're worrying about right now, it is not important and just keep doing what you're doing and you're doing a good job that's what i would tell myself like keep going you're doing it don't worry don't get you know anxious about all this little stuff that's amazing 
that's a more personal one. That's great, though. I think that probably really speaks to a lot of people, especially at this age. But um, yeah, probably any age, really. It's a hard age to be, I think. There's like a lot. It's like end of school and then figuring out what you want to do. And you have to like make these giant decisions. And it feels a bit overwhelming. But everything's going to be OK. Like it all is. of it's going to be OK. Yeah. Well, do you uh, you have anything else you want to, you, you feel pretty good about what, do we solve all the problems in the world? Do you have anything else you want to say? <laughs> I solved them all. No, okay. I want to say keep going. Just keep drawing, like draw everything all the time. If, and in, you know, if you like doing it, keep doing it if you're having fun. Um, and don't worry about what anybody else thinks. That's all. That's awesome. Well, Julia, thank you for spending part of your rare day off Sure. chatting it means a lot to me and i know it means a lot to them uh for you, you know, to guys it. are very lucky you have such a cool teacher i didn't have what did you, we didn't hear you can you say that again i didn't <laughs> i didn't have such a cool teacher like you and i went to high school you're they're very lucky it's really nice i'm gonna uh take the recording are... of you saying and just play it every day for them <laughs> it can really tell that you care and are um really supportive of them that's really nice that is true and it's also i mean it's selfishly it's also fun for me to do this so um you know it's a win-win for sure but we appreciate you being here and uh appreciate all the wisdom you shared okay and you'll have to tell dusty that i said hello okay great i'll tell her yeah okay awesome. thanks okay. julia bye bye, bye. Thanks once again to Julia for chatting with us. We had an amazing time and learned a lot. Don't forget to check out her work on Instagram at Julia Rothman or online at juliarothman.com. Check out her books. She also has a couple of Skillshare classes you should check out. I really love the one that she does about creating a repeat pattern. If you have Skillshare, check it out. If you don't have Skillshare, get it and check it out. And as always, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or have artist suggestions for this podcast, you can email at schsvisualart at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at schsvisualart. So until next time, keep creating. <laughs>